What's going on, everybody? It is Thursday, March 16th, and you have found the Pinwheels and Ivy podcast. I am your host, Matt Swatsky, a.k.a. Southside Zoe, a.k.a. First Round Exit. And with me, as always, Mr. Aldo Soto. I cannot believe that Beef Loaf did that to you, Zed. It was good. We won't forget. Really... We won't forget. No, it was really mean, actually. But it's all right. My video. 20% voting spread, though. So yes. You got that going. Yes. <laughs> And that voice you're hearing, that's our guy who vote for Mitch, NASCAR Mitch. That's right. All right. And so, as you guys notice, the fourth member of our crew, I don't know if you follow him. He might have mentioned it once or twice, but he is in Paris. Um, you might have seen a picture or a video or another picture or another video. I'm kidding, Fitz. We love it. Keep him coming. It's a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Do you, boo-boo. But we have a very acceptable substitute for you guys tonight probably the most perfect mustache i've seen in these twitter streets in my lifetime we have nick morowski did i say that right you got it you have got it i let's love go. it let's go yeah. polish yeah nick morowski yeah. from good guys talk back and locked on socks the daily podcast nick we are very glad to have you thank you for joining us Thank you, guys. This is an absolute treat. Talking baseball, talking White Sox. Two weeks until uh, opening day. Uh, World Baseball Classic going on. Uh, got a lot to get to here. Good stuff. I- I'm, yep. I'm excited. Yes. And to the comments, Polar Knights on Twitch, I couldn't agree more. If you look, it's like Babyface Mitch, Stubble Aldo, Mustache Nick, Full Beard Zoe. It's <laughs> it is like the perfect evolution of... <laughs> facial hair um so as nick alluded to we do have a actual baseball talk about on the show which after a long off season of off season podcasting makes me very very happy uh we have the world baseball classic going on where ladies and gentlemen the white Sox are showing up and a cubs prospect but the white Sox are showing up so we're going to talk about that uh we're going to talk about why i almost just completely fudged my diaper over here because oh my god that was scary um and then we do have spring training stuff to talk about we got to talk about dylan c's we're gonna talk about lucas giolito and i don't think you can get through a show right now without talking about what oscar colas is doing down there in arizona um all that and a lot more you guys know the drill this is how it goes Let's tap this guy. Free build of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or guarantees for the whole league that we here now. New show with a new move. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for. Yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, they get all changed. Take me out to the bar game. This is what you're waiting for, yeah. You can put it on a boy, yeah. Every season, as always the show is brought to you by sports mockery sportsmockery.com make sure you download the app turn on push notifications so you're the first to know any and all breaking chicago sports news it's also brought to you by uncle buds on 
I forgot where it's at. 9700 South Cicero Avenue in Oak Lawn. I know for a fact that they got some really killer March Madness deals going on. I believe it's $11 buckets. Uh, they got some of their liquor sponsors showing up, doing a lot of contests and tastings. I think they got a Papa Shot contest going on. Uh, Uncle Bud's, 9700 South Cicero. Go check them out. Tell them Pinwheel sent you. And also, last but not least, if you're watching this live, look at this clean-ass hoodie I'm wearing right there. Boom. Aldo, give me the zoom in. Boom. It's beautiful. Fits good. True to fit. I'm an XL. It fits me perfectly. Uh, go to the... <laughs> I love how subtle you are with your sub bars, Aldo. Go to uh, Pinwheels and Ivy Pod on Twitter. We have the link to buy the merch there. Or I think all of us have a link somewhere in our – basically just go buy some merch. Literally, Fitz has put everything you could think of in that damn merch. There's coffee mugs, fanny packs, aprons, hoodies, baseball T-shirts, regular T-shirts. Everything you could think of is in there. Takes a minute to get to you. I will say that because I ordered this like a customer. Took about two weeks. We got the Cola shirt. Boom. Buy that. Uh, we got the Wes Nasty shirt for you Cubs fans. Boom. Uh, I feel like I'm that infomercial guy, the sham wow guy. Willie Mays. Yeah, or, Willie uh, Mays. Yeah. But, yes, go check out the merch store. It helps us do more things during the season to entertain you. Make me a bicycle clown. All right. Whew. Thank you. Uh, first and foremost, we want to start out with the World Baseball Classic. Now, it's been really exciting so far. Very high level of baseball. Very exciting to see some of these guys that you normally wouldn't see because they're not major leaguers putting on some shows. But then there's also some super teams going on out there. But the big thing, uh, as the Puerto Rico Dominican Republic game is going on right now, and Julio Rodriguez made an absolutely disgusting catch, um, is the White Sox players. They really stood out. Um, it's been nerve wracking. And because in the said game, I'm talking about the Puerto Rico-Dominican Republic game that's happening on Wednesday night, Aloy Jimenez, who's been playing right field because he's hitting, and they can't put him at DH because they got Machado at third, and Devers can only play third, so they got to DH Devers. So they got to put Eloy somewhere because he's hitting. So they stick him in right field, and he dove for a ball tonight. He dove for a ball, missed it. I saw the entire season flash before my eyes, popped right up. He felt shame, but luckily Julio Rodriguez backed him up correctly, hit his cutoff man. Remember that, kids. He hit his cutoff man, and they got the guy off, guy out at third. Uh, That's best-case scenario, though. Looks bad in the outfield, didn't get hurt. So now any you read no my mind, competition, man. then it's not the win. It's like, Eloy, we, we saw your performance on national television. You're not going to be the outfield. This, this was the best-case scenario for you guys. Um Pedro Grafal would be like, ooh, see, Eloy, this is why you can't be starting a few a – few, uh, days over there in right field look 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 at this and yep so i agree with you fellas i didn't think of it that way <laughs> and i I'm, I'm loving that that when plus what we're going to talk about with colas later in the show that equals all lining up it's all coming the dh um but nick i'm gonna start with you now tim anderson's coming off a season where he ended the season on the ir Okay, so we were all a little nervous about what we were going to get back with Tim Anderson. He accepts the invitation to go play with Team USA. I tweeted out, I thought this was awesome because he's getting basically private lessons with Ken Griffey Jr. And so far, the two games that he's played for Team USA, not only has he performed well, but he is arguably one of the best hitters on that all-star squad right now. What are you seeing with Tim Anderson down there for Team USA? 
I mean, I think he he just absolutely loves the spotlight. You know, there's a great write up in the Athletic just a couple of days ago about you know uh, he's on this national stage, thriving. Not the first time, you know, he's been on that type of stage. Two time All Star now, obviously showed up huge in the Field of Dreams game, um, and you know he's shifting to second base. Why is he at second base? Because DeRosa wants his bat in the lineup. Not only is uh, you know his glove and his bat, but the energy, I mean, the, the, the amount of things that people are saying about what this guy brings in terms of positive vibes. And, you know, I, I, I was on the fence with World Baseball Classic in terms of White Sox participants because of, you know, the injury, fatigue, what have you, not yep. because of, you know, the tournament. I think it's anything that's better for baseball, I'm, I'm a fan of. And this, this brand of baseball has been extremely exciting, high energy. I love it. But, you know, after what happened last year, and I just wanted to go into 2023 healthy, but I found, like, I started to, you know, turn and I felt like, you know, competitive play, these guys playing for their own country is probably going to be a lot more meaningful than getting at bats and innings and in some random cactus league game. And that's what you're seeing with Tim Anderson. Now, uh, this could be another topic that maybe we go down in this, in this show, what is happening with Tim Anderson, um, you know, in this sample size? And if it continues through this World Baseball Classic, and if he continues to what, he, what he's what he been doing this season with the White Sox, yeah, he just might price himself out, you know, in terms of what, that, what Jerry is going to be uh, willing to offer. I well, wrote, no, that's a great point. I wrote an article about this a couple weeks ago saying that they would be wise to extend him now. Because if you look at the shortstop market, infielder market in general, it's way over what the Sox would pay for anyone. And yeah. Tim Anderson, not only just from a baseball standpoint, because like you know what he can do, but just from the marketing standpoint, he's the most marketable guy on their team. Like you have Mike Trout coming out and saying like, this guy's a star. So, I mean, if you want, it'll, you're getting a return on your investment by re-signing Tim Anderson. I think then also you got Montgomery coming up through the system. He can play second base and you have your solution there. I just make it makes a lot of sense. And you got to do it early because the way it's looking he's probably going to put together a good year and it's only going to get more expensive. So the sooner they lock him up, uh, the better off they would be. And I agree. And one of the biggest things that I, we talked about it on the show when that, when we were starving for content and someone put that video out of him in a batting cage. Remember Fitz does these swing breakdowns for us, Nick. I mm -hmm. personally, one of my favorite things we do on the show. And we noticed some things with Tim that's a little bit different than what he, cause he was playing through an injury at the end of last year. So yep. when you injure, you, overcompensate to make up for the injury. I mean, we've seen it with a couple of White Sox players last year, which was extremely frustrating. But anyways, one thing that he pointed out was a little toe tap he's doing with his front foot. And I've been really trying to pay attention to that in the World Baseball Classic. And one of the things that I did notice too is we're getting that TA right center gap bullet shot. And I, I'm here for it. Because if he's going to be, he's going to be the White Sox leadoff man. That, that top of the lineup is very packed with hitters. So if he can get on base at a high clip with that little bullet he throws out to right field, I am I am here for it. And, you know, we talked about it earlier in this show a couple episodes ago, how we think with the new regiment in place on the south side, they might give T.A. a little bit more of a green light to steal bases this year. Yeah, and I think he went to driveline uh, this past yep. offseason. Yeah, they uh, say that in the comments right here, boy, and. Ian. And, uh, you know, and that just tells you like this guy who just wants to get better, just give me more information, you know, give me a list of things. What are the best of the best doing? 
you know, and I'm willing to take that on and do it. And I, and I think it's more than just Tim Anderson, it's others on this White Sox team that we have read about this off season. I don't, you know, credit, maybe Pedro Grafol credit, whatever happened last year, but it's like, Hey, you know, I, I want to get better. Like lead me, you know, lead me. What, what are the best doing? And, uh, it's great to see that from Tim Anderson with Jose Abreu gone. It's like, we, we talk about leadership and is he going to be the leader? Do we need to have a defined leader? I mean, this is Tim Anderson's team. You know, th mm -hmm. this team is going to go the way of Tim Anderson. And if this guy's cooking right now, I, that's great. I just can't wait for it to happen against Houston and beyond. But you know, to what Mitch is saying, I think the bigger picture because there's a lot of other guys that, you know, uh, we're going to have to be signing or at least be thinking about signing or re-signing. You got to get you got to figure out this Tim Anderson because he wants to be in a White Sox uniform for the rest of his career. Now, how, how are you going to make it happen? I don't know, but it's a must. You're going to have to pay a little bit more than you want to, but he's coming off for Tim Anderson standards, a down season. So I would almost think even before this year, because I think we all project that he's going to have a pretty good season this year. So, yep. And the other on Team USA, the other pitcher that we had, or the other player we had from the south side that went out there is Big Bubba. Lance Lynn went out there, and he showed the world his whole screaming routine. He He's, you know, it was a very Lance Lynn-esque start. He, he, what did he do? He gave up uh, One. two hits. Two hits, yeah, a home run. And was a home run. run. Yeah. Six and strikeouts. Six strikeouts, no walks. Yep, in five innings. The no walks was the big thing to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, but five innings, that's a pretty, after a rebound, yeah, after, especially with USA coming off a big loss, that was a, a big one. But go ahead, Aldo, who do you give up the home run to? Jared Young, Cubs legend. There you go. <laughs> uh, Tw yeah. 27, nothing against guys who are 27, uh, still at AAA, but yeah. He got a little, he got his first cup of coffee in the majors last year. Mm -hmm. well, I know, the and go ahead. I was going to say, the, the Lance Lynn uh, start, I mean, yeah, it was against Canada. But, I mean, hey, Canada had a couple, they beat, what, Columbia, I think? It's not like uh, Canada was that much of a pushover. But what you left to see, at least uh, if you're watching as a Sox fan, is, like, he he's obviously not going to be intimidated by anyone. He is going to be the intimidator. He is going to pepper the strike zone with the fastballs, overpower guys. Mm -hmm. And like I remember a few, I think it was his first start as a White Sox against the Royal, the Royals, and it was like the, that complete game that he had uh, on the South Side. And I was like, "This is what he does. Like he knows when he is a lot better than the opponent. He's not going to be scared. And as long as he's healthy, I mean, I know that I was kind of iffy on like, like wait, you know, Lancelin isn't getting any younger. There was the injury last year." Like, maybe there could be some regression, but, I mean, if he's healthy, it looks like he's going to be doing the same old Lancelin thing. He's had a great spring so far, and uh, if you look even at the end of last year, last 12 starts, 7-3, and three, 74 innings, 75 strikeouts and only nine walks. So he was feeling it towards the end of last season. I think he had a pretty good offseason. Like he knew what he needed to do, no a lockout to prevent him from talking to anybody with the team, uh, you know, in the team facility. And uh, man, I, I was really impressed with what he did. And, and USA's on an innings limit, right? So, yes. I mean, he might, I don't know, maybe he could have gone longer if he wanted. You know, he wanted to. I mean, he probably yeah, wanted to. I think it was a pitch the limit that day. I think it's yeah. uh, yeah. 65 is start, I believe. It is. Yeah. 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 MLB players are, are limited. Um, I agree. And to your point, Nick, people got to remember, Lancelin didn't have a spring training last year. His spring 
trading basically started midseason. He needed to ramp up. Look, man, he's not getting any younger, and he's not exactly the pitcher of health. You know, he's a big boy. So he needed a little bit of ramp up. And <clears throat> excuse me, I think getting good Lance Lynn right out of the chute with a, a pitching staff that can go a couple different ways would be a very huge thing for this White Sox team this year. And he doesn't even have to be an ace, but if you give us a sub four ERA and eat innings, I think it's the biggest thing because I Kopech, you always worry about with the injuries. So that's a lot of innings. The bullpen's going to have to cover Clevenger didn't throw a ton of innings last year either. So that's a lot of innings you're going to have to cover. So I think the biggest thing with Lance Lynn is he's got to be that innings eater. And even Dylan sees he gets a lot of strikeouts, but the pitch call goes up a lot. Like he didn't have we'll many get starts. To him, right? Oh yeah, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about Dylan in a little bit because Dylan's got some work to do. Um, and then I guess kind of going off a of team you because yes, Grave Kendall Graveman's there, but I think he pitched the two guys. He got out of it. I'll give him that. But so you're uh, so down on Kendall. I just don't like him. That's bad. I don't know why you don't like. Him. I know. I just don't. I there's something about. It. I just don't like him. Could be worse. He could be Jake Diekman. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's also very true. <laughs> um, but the story of the day right now is Cuba making it out of their bracket, and they're led by two White Sox players. And they're led by one right now. Well, one right now, but <laughs> I mean they're you talk about something that you're seeing that's really encouraging is Yoan Mankata right now is eight for 19 with three doubles, a home run, five RBIs, four walks, only three strikeouts. We all know how big of a number that is for Yoan Mankata, three strikeouts and 19 at bats leading the team with a, or second on the team with a 421 average. He's doing it from both sides of the plate. The home run swing looks silky. I mean, that's another guy, though. We've talked about this at length, though, with the upcoming season, but that's another guy. If they can get a hot start out of Yohan Mankata. Yeah, I mean, a guy that didn't uh, didn't start the season with a club, you know, that uh, was it a oblique ab situation uh, at the beginning of last season. You know, he started this World Baseball Classic off slow, but when it mattered, he stepped up. And, and I think that, you know, that's a very encouraging sign. Look, I, I think Yohan Mankata – the White Sox have so many players that, you know, could be bounce back candidates, you know, yes. comeback players, you know, I, Hey, I think Yohan Mankata is right at the top of that list. He headlines that list. I, I don't know where you're going to find a better third baseman. I think he could be in the gold glove category. Uh, he's such a polarizing player because you know, you'll have certain fans. that will just be like, he's garbage. He's lazy. He's lackadaisical. Um, all, you know, I, I, there's no emotion out of him. He's like the Jay Cutler of your, your White Sox third baseman. Like, show me some emotion. Pretend you want to be there. That's not his thing. You know, Robin Ventura wasn't, you know, crazy with emotion, but he wanted to win more than anybody else when he was a player. And that's how I think Mankata operates. It's like he wants to, he just doesn't have that type of demeanor. Uh, I think I, I'm ready for Mankata to have a, a big year this year. Yeah, think, I'm yeah. right there with you. And I was kind of, I, I agree with what you said about the World Baseball Classic. I was the same way where I was not enthusiastic seeing all these guys, because mostly because of the injuries. But I think what you're seeing with Makata is one where it's going to be really good for him. Because as you mentioned, it's not always 
it's not a talent question with Moncada. It's like the body language is really bad. So people question the effort. And I think a lot of it's just self-confidence too. Like you, when he's playing confidently, you can tell. And there was times last year where it looked like he had no confidence in the play. You'd be watching pitches go that were in the strike zone. So now that he's performing on a big stage like that, I think it gives him a little extra mojo heading into the season. And, you know, you really take off from there. Because you know the talent's there. It's just a matter mm-hmm. of putting it together between the years. No, I think that's a that's a very fair point. We all know the glove's going to be there. He's already had a couple chanana plays for Cuba. Uh, the other White Sox player on Cuba, Luis Robert, not as hot. Uh, five for 22 with seven strikeouts. Does have four RBIs, only one double, so he's hitting base hits. Some of the sw- – but that's what he does. Spin Some zone, of- I think all those strikeouts came in like in the first two games, so – yeah, he had some rough at bats at the beginning. Right yeah, yeah. maybe time. he just wasn't used to being able to use both his hands. I don't know. <laughs> I, I mean, so, some of those swings still look like one of those. Yeah, late the, August. It still, it still looks like the word is out now, not just in the league but globally, that you could throw him a o two, one two slider low and away in the dirt, and he's probably going to take a swing at it. What's frustrating is that seems to be the thing that they were working on with Castro and others is taking pitches this Mm offseason. Like they're working on literally how to track a pitch and to to practice play discipline. So when you saw those early at-bats from him in World Baseball Classic, you're like, what? Did you just skip those days where you weren't paying attention? Uh, And that's always been his bugaboo, man, is play discipline. It's just swinging and going after pitches that he has no business chasing after and i thought some of that would eventually go away um you know i i'm hoping like that's not how his season starts it's interesting he hits off speed pitches better than he hits fastballs though. yeah if you look at his average like and he yeah. had more home runs off of off speed so i think that's part of it. he's like oh curveball like, i can <laughs> yes. like terrible pitches his first at bat i think it, it really did look like he was almost surprised that that guy couldn't get over 90 miles an hour Mm. <laughs> like he, it was like it's been zones though well what did i tell you although he looked like the guy that like thought he was going into like the very fast batting cage but he accidentally went into like the medium well, well, what like, about what the, the second what? and third guy though? those were bad i think the third strikeout in the first game that was like what he was the, those were Javier Baez. That, yeah uh, that's when his uh, ass was in the oh, dugout man. Mm. i think he was on deck and he's like this guy can't break a pane of glass and he's yeah. swinging one of the I, one I do think I think it's something specific to especially the Cuban team and with uh, with Luis and uh, Yohan Mancada is uh, you know the pressure that these guys are under, mm-hmm. uh, especially with the Cuba. It's the first time they're letting MLB players who have defected to you know play for Cuba, and I think it, I mean there's still a lot of stuff. But there's a lot of tension still, like players who are called and they're like, "No, fuck you guys! Like I'm not playing for you. I didn't like the way you guys treated me after is you that know what Jose I left." Abraded? I I think he was like yeah one of the guys who was called and was like eh, no go fuck yourself uh and I remember I think I, I put it in our group chat as uh, Zoe and Mitch that third game uh so they're losing to Panama and uh, it's early in the game and you they pan over to like the Cuban dugout and it was very similar to like the vibes that were the 2022 White Sox. And who's the mm. guy who like sparked them out of it? Yohan Mankata. Ever since then, you you read off the numbers though, eight for yep. nineteen. I think ever since then he's been eight for eleven. So like all those hits have come yep. in the last three games. The the power, the double, the home runs, uh, the walks, and like I think he's only struck out once in the in the last uh, three games for Cuba. 
But I think early on, maybe some of that pressure was a little like, you know, Robert trying to do too much. Maybe uh, mm-hmm. you would hope that maybe that's <laughs> that's why he was swinging at the 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 sliders on the other side of the batter's box. But uh, I mean, I, I think, Mitch, you said it, it's, it's a confidence thing with, with some of these guys, too, especially like coming off injuries, not playing full seasons, g- getting some of the negativity, like who knows how much they uh, take that in. But, and then, you know, go, representing Cuba, playing to, uh, overseas, that pressure. But to start off, you know, g- getting those good vibes off with a new manager, you know, you know that that clubhouse has been talking like all offseason or ever since that, you know, they've gotten together in spring training. It's like, and we know we, we've seen the clips of like, yes, you know, we, we want to prove it to the fans. And it's good to see at least there's some positivity when they come back with some of the good vibes. The work that they put in, you know, Tim Anderson going to driveline. It's not just talk, you know, that you, you are seeing some results on uh, on the World Baseball Classic, which, you know, I thought it wasn't going to be as intense. I, did, I didn't really pay attention in 2017. Dude, this is game but seven. But I've been watching most of these games mm-hmm. this year, and it it's these guys care. Like, it is yeah. actual competitive baseball. This is game seven every night. Like, this <laughs> Puerto Rico-Dominican Republic game, Puerto Rico's up 5-2 in the top of the seventh. But this game is intense. They were having parades, like, you two hours before the game in the stadium. <laughs> but speaking of the DR, that's the last White Sox player I want to bring up is Aloy. And when he's not doing whatever he's doing in right field, he is – he's betting 500. He's yeah, five for ten. Yeah, he is. And he only struck out once. He's got one double, so he's getting base hits, but he's got two RBIs. A lot of situational hitting. And in a lineup that is stacked. One through nine potential MLB all-stars, he's batting fifth. I'm not surprised though. Like he's the one guy that you're never worried about. Like he needs to have a bounce back here. His problem is like playing a full Staying year. Because he can put yeah. up these numbers like if he was healthy. He's just never on the field. That's the issue. And why isn't he on the field? Because he does shit like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but my biggest thing with Aloy, and I think I mentioned it after the first spring training game, my man looks felt. He looks mm. fit. He looks like half of the size of he was last year. And it's muscle. You can tell it's muscle. He doesn't have like that like baby fat anymore. You know, like he's toned up. He looks really, really in shape. And he looks like a guy that's just going to absolutely punish fucking baseballs this year. He got back to a weight that he said uh, he found success in in the minors. Uh, so, I, I mean, I appreciate that. I think it's going to take pressure off his legs for sure. Um, look, I, I love his attitude of, hey, I want to be out in the outfield. You know, 25, yep. 26 years old. I think Grafol said he's got the right attitude. Who wants to be just a DH at that age? I agree. Um, you know, hey, I'll give you the shot, you know, but – Listen, at the end of the day, you're you're helpful to this team with your bat. And, and if you want to be helpful to this team, listen, you, you've got to be our DH. You know, uh, mm-hmm. we've got the outfield covered right now. And I know we'll talk uh, Colas in a little bit. But now that you've seen what Oscar Colas has done, like, we're good. We're good in the corners right now. Like, you stick with DH. No, I, I'm with you. I think they sent a pretty clear message to him when they went out inside Benintendi. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, you know, kind of like, hey, man, this is what it is. Like, <laughs> we got a guy who's a gold glover. He's known for his defense. It's literally, he's out there for you. You beat a bat. Let him handle the glove. We'll figure it out. And so, for those of you who join us, we have Nick Morowski from 
Good Guys Talk Back and Lockdown White Sox. Uh, joining us today, we were talking a little bit of World Baseball Classic, and we're going to kind of switch gears here and talk about what's going down in Arizona. And I think that's a pretty good segue when talking about Eloy to talk about the guy everybody's talking about right now. All White Sox fans are. And you know what you should do? Aldo, hit him with the image. Wait, well, uh, right now, keep talking. You know what you should do if you're pumped about this guy? You should buy a shirt <laughs> at the merch store. Look at Six. that guy. They couldn't do better on the model. Anyways. <laughs> you don't like disgruntled uh He looks like he says, man? do you know who my dad is when he can't get into a bar? <laughs> Wait, we got to send your modeling pics uh, in, Zoe. Yeah, there you go. Well, someone Photoshopped my head on that picture. But <laughs> it's Oscar Colas. And I finally was just like at a point where I just tweeted out, there, I can't think of a reason baseball-wise that this is not your starting right fielder. I know Han likes to check all the boxes. Well, that was his terminology talking about Luis Robert, I believe uh, when he was still in the minors. And I know they have like this weird criteria, but with the new CBA and, you know, the whole managing like years and stuff like that is kind of gone. But the kid right now is 12 for 33 batting 364 with an OBP of 382 slugging 576 with an OPS of 958. The two home runs he hit might not have landed yet. Moonshots. Yeah. Absolute fucking piss rockets. Yeah. And that was the thing. Actually, Nick, it was your tweet that I kind of piggybacked on when you're like, hey, everybody that's mad that he's just hitting singles needs to calm down. We know mm-hmm. the power's there. Yeah. I, I took your tweet to the show that night, and I was just like, my biggest thing with him in this spring training was I wanted to see how he saw major league pitching. And he, he's got a great eye right now. He's I mean, he's only walked once, but he's only struck out once. He's putting bat to ball. And yeah. that's what I'm seeing with them. I mean, <clears throat> what about you, Nick? Yeah, I went out there. I, I was in Glendale for uh, a couple of nice games. Tan. You do have yeah, a nice tan. I, I, again, there were a couple nice days. Uh, and, you know, I had pretty good seats. He, I mean, he's built like a truck. I mean, he's he's a giant dude. And I saw one of the games, he just hit, he hit a ball on the screw effortlessly over the center fielder's head. I had a double, I hit another base hit down the right field line. You know, he has said, uh, you know, during the off season, he's like, look, um, the reports are out against me. Like people know where my weak spots are and I'm working to get better there. And, and I think that's just a sign of maturity. I I think he's, you know, he was working with uh, Robert this past off season. I'm wondering who he was going to look at in terms of a, you know, a, uh, a role model almost like a mentor, you know, mm-hmm. cause he's going to struggle. I mean, the guy's yes. going to have some, some, some peaks and some valleys and who's he going to look at and, you know, Bray has gone and, and you may, you might not have to look too far from a guy like Robert, but uh, I, when I tweeted that out, it was like, look, this guy's, this guy's getting his hits in, but yes. the power is going to come just like, you know, what we've seen with Vaughn over the years, I think the power is going to come with Vaughn, but we, i like seeing the hit solid yes. contact, you know, working counts, patient at bats, uh, and taking what the pitcher gives you. Not always just trying to, you know, jack one down the right field line, yep. but if you need to take one to left center because that's what it was—an outside pitch—I love seeing that kind of stuff. Uh, so if he's serviceable at least in the in right field, which I think he has so far, yep. uh, he, he's my starting, you know, uh, right fielder on opening day. One hundred percent, and I agree with. You. I mean, everything you just said tells me you're a professional hitter. 
You're not just a meatball that can hit balls far when you when you happen to make contact with it, Javi Baez. But <laughs> you can you actually can go with a pitch. You can read a situation and know I got to put this in right know. center. You know, screw Javi Baez, uh, stupid ass haircut. Um, but <laughs> and yes, as Andy just mentioned in the comments, and again. If you're listening to this podcast, you should be watching it live on Wednesday night and subscribing to the YouTube channel. But as Andy just mentioned in the comments, you asked who he's going to turn to with Abreu gone. Elvis Andrews is right there. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, Elvis could be a really great mentor for him. And yesterday or this morning, I don't know, it's all one big fog. But whenever Cuba beat Australia, what was that, this morning? Yeah. Yeah, this Wednesday morning uh, on Instagram. Oscar Cole posted a video of him and he's watching the game on his phone and you can see him like actively rooting for Mancata and Robert. I love that shit. Yeah. These guys will tell you, I'm a big fan. They showed Joe Kelly was in the stands wearing a, mm-hmm. a Graveman Jersey. Uh, you know, the Cubs had a couple of their prospects there to watch that other prospect play for team Canada. That's the stuff we do in little league. Oh, my buddy's playing on this diamond. I'm going to go watch him and mm-hmm. support him. And to see grown millionaires doing that for each other, that, that shit pumps me up. I love that shows me that this team's already a little bit more a family as Jose Abreu likes to put it <laughs> than they were last year. Oh, this team is, is a, I think completely different in terms yes. of that respect, culture and chemistry togetherness. Oh, it is a completely different world. If you are to just, uh, we don't know what's actually going on, but if whatever you read yes. and look, I was paying attention just as much as I am now last season. And it, you know, the things that are coming out and the things that are being said, uh, and the things that are being like volunteered uh, of like, hey, this is what camp's all about. And yep. I've never been in a camp like this in all my years. Uh, it, yeah, it, it's different. Yep. No, I totally agree. And the other thing that I want to get your opinion on, Nick, because this seems to be a, a pretty. I think it's a really interesting topic, and I don't think enough people are really kind of talking about this. I know our, our buddy, Uncle Beefloaf, who likes to sacrifice people in the first round of his tournament. Um <laughs> he's written a blog about this and it, ever since his blog, it's been something that's been on the back of my mind. And I'd love to hear your take on it. Jake Berger has four home runs in this spring training. He's eight for 35, not great with 12 strikeouts. So that's a two twenty nine average, but he's kind of like a bad for hire. But the problem with that is he has no position. Guy yeah. blew out both ACLs. He, yeah. he's, pretty, he's okay at third, but what do you do with Jake? Jake Berger, Nick. That, that, that is the question we've been asking for a while. Um, I, at the, the, his path, obviously, was to hit his way onto this club. Um, yes. And even then, I don't know if you were going to leapfrog someone like Gavin Sheets with, with the lefty power bat or, you know, or a switch hitting bat. Um, you know, he, he's, you know, been playing first base quite a bit, which I guess I didn't even think about that because the big question was, well, can he play second maybe? And he's been getting a lot of reps at first base and obviously filling in at third with Mankata uh, gone. Sadly, I, I don't think Berger makes the club out of Arizona, which I don't think is a huge surprise, but uh, you know, I, he, he's got a major league bat yes. and he, he is an easy guy to root for. And I want him to have an opportunity, but He's jammed up uh, here at, at the big league uh, roster. I, I don't know if you package him with somebody else. And, you know, there's a there's a team out there looking for a righty bat. But um, I, I don't know how much time you're going to see because you're just wasting Berger if you're holding on to him, you know. And, and I yes. know his health might be in question. But, uh, I, hey, I would love to see Berger on this club contributing. We saw those moments last season. It was awesome. 
uh, he is he is a fighter, man. He, he's been through a lot. Uh, and he's got the bat, but yeah, I, I don't see I don't see him on this club uh, outside of Arizona. I, I, I think Ty that's goes a to the play. lefty in these competitions, and then Ty's yes. going to go to the better fielder, and he was yep. going to lose in both of those. Yeah, and I think you guys nailed it. You root for that guy. Just an amazing story of perseverance, and he seems like a good guy. He's really act- interactive with people on Twitter. His wife is really active with people on Twitter. <clears throat> Excuse me, they joke around. Somebody started a rumor that he was going to use the Burger King Whopper song as his walk-up song to the plate. Like, he's a good dude. You, he yep. plays tennis with his mom. That's all his Instagram is, is, like, videos of him playing tennis with his mom. Like, you root for that guy, especially with that story. But I just – I try to reshuffle what this White Sox bench is going to look like. And in every well, reshuffling I do, I just can't find room for him. The opening day roster is one thing, but you know the rosters are going to change throughout the oh, absolutely. year. We know this team's injury history, so knock on wood, but like it's never a bad idea to have a good hitter stashed in AAA. And then if everything's going along and say we need to add another arm at the deadline, then maybe you package them in a deal. I, I don't think it's the worst thing to have a wealth of uh, bats because this, this is a team that depth's not really a strong suit uh, on this team. So having mm-hmm. a guy that can hit like Berger waiting in the wings just in case if – in, in case something goes wrong, I mean, it's not the it's not the worst thing in the world. Although you, know? you got to trade for Jake Berger. No, I was trying to think of one, but Nick I mean, Aldo likes to throw dog shit. We already have. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Like, we already have uh, plenty, <laughs> over there already. Yeah. plenty of a uh, positionless guy. Were you were you trying to get? Points. Were you trying to pitch Nick Madrigal back to the South Side? Because I know yes, that was, was kind of trending for a hot nope, minute. That was, a that was the first. Uh, that was actually uh, <laughs> the when you guys help. need. I know uh, my favorite last summer when you guys needed some outfield help was uh, I was trying to pitch you guys Rafael Ortega, who yes. is now on the Yankees. So. Mm. Yeah, mm. but Nick Aldo needs to take full credit because I really believe the Nick Madrigal back to the Sox shit started with Aldo. I really somebody do. had to start it, and uh, I, I, I think it you was know, Aldo. I think I talked about it on lockdown because there was nothing else to talk about. I'm like, could we see Nick Madrigal back on the South Side? I spent, yeah. I think I maybe spent three minutes on that before I couldn't have. Yeah, we probably did a anymore. whole show. <laughs> we probably did a whole show off season oh, yeah. podcasting, baby. Off season podcasting. It was good for pay. It was horrible for discussion. But. Uh, <laughs> But then he's a third not, baseman now. He's when Mankata, yeah. if he goes down with an injury, yeah, I'm I mean, sorry, heaven forbid, but it's because Aldo had a check mark before you could pay for it. So people take it seriously. Yeah. <laughs> don't be uh, that's true. That's true. Yeah. No, I, but, I think, no, I honestly think the Nick Madrigal trade, trade talk to the Sox this off season. I think it started with like Madrigal for Grandall. Oh. It's like, oh, Grant, like the White Sox can unload his money. They, they can get an infielder that, that back. Is, actually, that is how it started. That's how it started. That is, that is how it started. That was before well, Grand Ole showed up to camp. Yeah, and then Nightingale was like, Sox could. And then it came out that they were interested in trade for Nicky Lopez. It's like, well, if you guys want uh, soft-hitting infielders, <laughs> Nick Magical's right there. We're good. We got a farm system full of them. <laughs> I wonder- Romy Gonzalez, yeah. What yeah. they offered for Nikki, if that was true for Nikki Lopez, not, and more like the Royals are like, yeah, nah, we're good. The <laughs> only reason I bought into that Lopez thing was because of the Grafol connection. I was wondering yep. if he yeah. he had a wish list, and he's like, you know, uh, this is somebody that if we could make it work, I like. I, he fits into my you know lineup or something, or I, I, something like that. Well, Grafol's made it clear that he wants this team to be aggressive on the base pass and he wants them to run. That's why I think Robert and Anderson specifically are going to have big stolen base totals. Because I think Larusa is kind of holding the reins back a little bit, and like Anderson alluded to it yep. in a couple podcasts. But he wants them to be aggressive, 
and Lopez is kind of fast, so mm-hmm. I could see maybe that's so, I'm going to totally hijack this whole conversation real quick for a sidecar. Sorry, Nick. This is kind of how shit goes around here. That's fine. Uh, May Machado's up to bat, and they just showed Aloy. He's at the top step of the dugout. I noticed Aloy, Robert, and Mokata are all rocking a dangly cross earring now. Yeah, I did oh. see I don't, that. I don't know. Like, it looks like a like a Deion Sanders in the 90s, like dangly cross earring. And I don't know if that's like a thing they're going to do this year, but I just noticed that Eloy had it too. So, sorry, I just threw it out there. I mean, whatever keeps him healthy. I'd rather see that <laughs> than, you know, uh, somebody running out with an Aloy jersey and red batting gloves on opening day uh, in tribute because he's hurt. You know, it's just, he's uh, not dead, guys. He's just, <laughs> he's just... With our luck, he's going to hit a single and like the earring will be swinging around and like knock out a tooth or something. And yeah, it's going to be out just... for a game. Wild. I just, I guess I didn't notice that Eloy's wearing it too. But unfortunately, it's not all sunshines and rainbows coming out of Arizona this spring training. Again, I'm not putting like the world is on fire emotions into this, but it's something to talk about. If you want to trade him to the Cubs, no, you can't have him back. You already gave him <laughs> to us. Uh, so Dylan Cease isn't exactly having the greatest spring well, training. The last start really that bad though. I think it was, it was a rough first inning. It was a rough first inning. The second inning, it seemed like he kind of figured out what oh, he was trying to work on. But the thing that I'm encouraged with, I mean, not the stat line. He's got an 18 ERA in three games. I mean, he's only oh, pitched six runs. innings. Wait, he gave up 11 runs in one. Uh, well, he's, given, he's, given a, he's given up 11 hits, 13 runs, 12 of them were earned, given up one home run, eight walks, and six strikeouts. And four of those six strikeouts came at the end of his last start. So the thing, though, what I like is in the interviews after both of the stinkers, he's like, guys, it's it's spring training. I'm literally like working on shit out there. And if it doesn't work, it, it's fine. And to Mitch, your point in that second inning of the, the A start, his last start, it, it definitely seemed like he figured something out that he was working on with his slider. So he was really Nick- happy with that outing. Like if you mm-hmm. listen to his post game, he's like, yeah, like something clicked. Like I, I, this was a productive outing. Like I found some stuff moving forward. Well, that's what spring training is for, for pitchers, exactly. especially guys of his caliber is like, Hey, maybe if I move my finger a quarter of an inch this way, I can get this much more movement yeah. on my slider. There's also the reason I'm not overreacting for Oscar Colas's numbers too. Cause like, if I'm not going to overreact for Dylan, Seed, I guess that's fair. Same thing. Dylan like, sees... he's proved a hitter, but like you can't expect uh, him yeah. to be a star. And I think Dylan sees hasn't regressed to like a scrub based off of getting shelled in one spring training start. I, I think he's going to be fine. He he likes his velocity, and he and he you know, always he keeps saying how he's coming out of the games healthy. Like I'm healthy, I'm healthy. However, um, it is really difficult to follow up on a type of year that he had. I mean, if you go back and you look at you know Cy Young winners, if you look at even guys that finish in the top three, you know to to come back and put up another great year, or even try to you know be better. Obviously, because he was the runner up, you know he wants to get the Cy Young Award. That is difficult. Everybody's mm-hmm. got your playbook, and you know I think he's starting to realize, as is Ethan Katz and Pedro Grafol. Hey, these guys aren't going to wait for two strikes. They don't want to face you with two strikes. They're going to be attacking you early, which means Cease is trying to get the breaking stuff going early. He couldn't find the zone at all against the Royals. And, and I think, you know, he was much better against the Oakland Athletics, but he knows what players are trying to do against him. And, and I think that maybe he's be trying to be a little too fine right now. 
he's sitting at mid nineties, he said, which he likes that might even get better uh, mm-hmm. coming back, you know, going to Houston, then to Chicago. So I'm with you, Zoe. I, hey, look, I'm a little concerned. You know, I don't like seeing those types of lines from Cease, but I do, I do tend to say like, look, if he, if he's okay and if he's fine with it, mm-hmm. uh, you know, all right, I, I'll, I'll take a deep breath, but cats is like, look, there we we're weeks away here from opening day like it's go time now um yeah. so you know take that for what it's worth i think i'll put more stock in his last start before the season starts yeah i feel like yeah, that's like the exactly game. that's yeah. like the the dress rehearsal because i'm telling you right now i've been saying it all off season i'm still throwing money on jose abreu hitting a home run against the Sox first game of the season <laughs> Well, I, I think with Cease, too, because he had such a good year, now the expectations are there for oh, him. Yeah. That brings a lot more pressure. And every team you're going to get their best shot. It's like, okay, this is the race. So we got to come Absolutely. you got some guy in the minor leagues trying to make a roster spot, like, hey, yep. you know, hit against Dylan Cease. Mm-hmm. So on the other side of things, though, and this is something that we talked about at length. We did a whole video breakdown. Homeboy lost all that weight he gained before last season for no freaking reason. But Lucas Giolito is coming out of the gates. He's got he's pitched five innings, but has nine strikeouts to only two walks. He did give up a homer, but that's what it is, and only two earned runs. So that gives him a one point six zero whip. I I really liked what I saw from Lucas Giolito so far. With him, the biggest thing I think because he's another guy where like confidence seemed like the, yeah sorry confident yeah seemed like an issue last yeah. year. The pitch yep. clock, I think, almost helps him though. Oh, yeah, he found a Absolutely. good rhythm, and now he doesn't have time to think about it, just get it. Yep. And we know he has good stuff, so I, I actually think it's going to be good for him. Pitch clock is going to be huge for him, yeah. I, yep. I think he's uh, he could be his own worst enemy, you know, he overthinks things and just yeah, to get him going, um, and and dropping some of the weight, more agile, more flexible, not just like some upper body beast like he was. I mean, he was intimidating. But I don't know if that's the best. Um, <laughs> I don't know who gave him that advice. That's what I just want to know. I, I just for repeatable motion and you, your arm whipping through and agile. I, I just for his lanky kind of like that was the perfect model for a pitcher. So uh, he's kind of returned back to that form. Uh, I, I like everything that I heard. Um, and yeah, his spring has been solid so far. Yeah, I've been and like. I think you both brought up exactly what we talked about when we did the breakdown of that, that pitching video, the flexibility, how much higher his leg kick is, but something I didn't think about until you guys just mentioned it. So Lucas, as we all know, with the, the rocking back and forth and everything, he is a like a, a flow guy. And I didn't really think about how the pitch clock will eliminate opposing batters dicking around at the batter's box to take him out of his flow. Mm-hmm. You can't do that anymore. Cause you could tell people were doing that to him. So that's actually, that's really interesting. That's something to think about because that could be huge for Don's or for Lucas Giulio. I would also, Ooh. if you're going bounce back candidates, he's right up there. Cause he's pitching for a new deal too. Yep. Yeah. He wants, he wants to get paid. Well, here, here's the, so here's a question for you. And this is where it's, I think the Sox are going to win either way. He's pitching for a new deal. Which means I think he will have, you know, he'll he'll come back. He'll he'll have a he'll have a better season, which is great for the Sox. Mm-hmm. But I don't. I'm sorry, I don't see him in a White Sox uniform in 2024. You're not alone in that. Uh, that's pretty much the the common sentiment. Because if it comes down to paying Tim Anderson or paying Lucas Giolito, yeah. <laughs> they're going to pay Tim Anderson. Sox don't should. pay for pitching anyway. No, they don't. So, they yeah, don't pay yeah. pitchers. I mean, and like the, the Giolito not coming back to the Sox, like that's been 
like I think it was uh, the beat reporter from the Sun Times. Like he wrote about it even like uh, in 2022 during spring training during like the whole arbitration oh, and yeah. little fiasco yeah. Yeah. and like the way that that uh, that he was writing he was it was pissed. just yeah yeah it was just like uh, yeah like uh, he's he's probably not gonna be your best no. 2023. Some of the other pitchers to note, uh, my guy Raylo has looked pretty darn good. Uh, what is that? Four, five innings pitch, three strikeouts, but he's only given up. Has he even given up a run? Yeah, he gave up one run. So he's got a point eight oh clip right now and a point one eight oh one point eight oh ERA. But with you know Liam doing what Liam's doing right now to get you know his his health back, it's going to be really interesting to see how this closer by committee works out that they keep talking about with you know Graveman. Lopez, you got Joe Kelly's kind of the old dog on there. Um, it's Deakman. I mean, they're saying Bummer's going to be ready by opening day, but yep. he, you know, love, he, yep. he, he might not throw much at all in Cactus League play. Um, mm-hmm. And Crochet not until May. I, yep. This this bullpen has a lot of question marks, and that that's the one thing that I'm that I'm, I'm I'm worried about. You know, not factoring health. Like, of course, I'm worried about health, but besides that, this bullpen. You know, on paper, man, it's 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 pretty depleted uh, from the point you made with Hendricks and and not having mm-hmm. Crochet right away. And they're going to need that bullpen because you know these guys, these starters aren't going to have their legs right away right. in April and May. And trying to navigate the pitch clock, you might see some of these max effort pitchers. You know, they might not be able to you know recover quickly in between pitches or in between innings. You know, it's not the same, and that right. could be that could be a, a chore in April and May. So we are gonna we are gonna rely heavily on, on this bullpen, and um, I, I don't know if we've got. I mean, what will it take? Maybe eight guys. There's a lot of question marks out there still. Who would you have as the close? I, I would have Graveman right now as my closer at this. Mm. Point. Who would you have in your ninth inning? I, I'd have Lopez. Let's go. Even Nick. though he's never, he did, he has no, he doesn't have a single save in all of his career. I like what I saw last year. He wants it. And uh, I, I take Lopez. I agree. As you Who, okay. I have a question. Who is, who's like the long man in the bullpen then? So, cause like, cause like it is going to be like early on the first, especially the first month. Davis you are going to see shorter outings from starting Could pitchers. Be. So and like if a guy gets lit up, who's who's like the long man? Because I was thinking at least maybe the first couple of weeks it would be Lopez just because he he's you know he's been a multi inning reliever. He's obviously been a starter before. Jimmy so, Lambert, I mean, he yep. could yeah. fill that okay. role. Um, I mean, I don't know. Tanner Banks is kind of on the fringe right now, but he could be somebody that can eat multiple innings if need yep. be. Um, I, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I get. Uh, Hey, I'm up for that argument. Um, I don't know, man. There's just something about how lively Lopez was yeah. uh, last year. And obviously the accuracy came around. So uh, that's just just my thought there. The stuff is there. I, I just more for me, like seeing him in that night, because he really didn't have a ton of late inning games where he's closing out like yeah. ninth inning and stuff. And that's a whole different ball game, especially when the adrenaline gets going. So. It'll be interesting to see, but and yeah, I don't guy, want to see Jake Diekman at all. No, uh, I was just going to say, I, ne- I, I, I'm, I was really bummed that he was going to be coming back for another year. Um, our lone trade deadline acquisition last oh, year, oh. which I think we all on the show knew it was going to be bad. Yeah, like, bad. I mean, you look at the walk rate, it's like, why the hell are we bringing in this guy? 
But uh. as our guy Ian says in the comments, though, Avila, Avila, Santos, and German have all looked a lot better than Griffin, yep. but the problem is they're all right-handed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, oh, I guess we didn't even bring him up when we were talking about WBC. Jose Ruiz, Jose Ruiz. Went out, he went out there, and yeah. he showed me a changeup that he did not have last season. Yeah, and he pitched it for a strike, and he pitched and he got a guy two strikeouts well, with it. Call me crazy. It seemed like every time I would be at a game, if it was a blowout or he was in mop up duty, elite stuff. Whenever yeah. you had him in a high leverage situation, it was the control, man. Chilled. Like, it's, yeah, it was the control. He he, it, control is always. He had a great Who strikeout. Who was the guy that uh, Renteria just wore out? Uh, he, oh, he, the, the, the guy that rolled up the sleeve. Roll up his sleeve. Uh, his name Cordero. 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 Yeah, yeah Jimmy's biceps. There's always a guy <laughs> where some managers just like, guess what? Like, you know, yeah, it's your it's your time again. Yeah, believe mm-hmm. it or not. Yep. Yeah, but I wasn't really too high on Jose Ruiz, basically because of the exact reason you said, Mitch. In any kind of decent, important situation. The control just went right out the window. But I will say that I was very impressed what I saw in that WBC start, and it's because he was controlling that changeup. It's a 90-mile-an-hour changeup. You know what I mean? It's it's crazy, but it was dropping. If he adds that to his arsenal, I can see him being a middle innings guy for this team. He's also facing like a double-A equivalent roster, though. Hey, man, some of those double-A guys have been doing work in this WBC. I I sit here all day and watch it, dude, because I work from home. So it's on this TV nonstop. So I do I have to say, it. Mitch, there there are some games. It's like, oh yeah, no, like this is good ball. These are good players come from other countries, and then like there's other countries where like, yeah, I mean, yeah, like that. You know, there, there's a reason why these guys are getting mercy ruled. Like, right. There was a guy oh. from Canada pitching, and I was like, I'm like, this guy looks familiar. I looked it up. I saw him pitch for the Kane County Cougars last year. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> it's true. It's true. It's very true. Uh the last pitching performance that I, it'd be remiss not to mention, Michael Kopech finally took the bump. Mm-hmm. He went three innings, struck out one guy, but he didn't give up a run and he didn't walk anybody. And it was, for those Kopech fans out there, it was borderline, you need to change your undies after that because it, it, it was looking really good. It was good. beautiful. Uh, if, oh man, if he could come back serviceable as a. <laughs> He's the X factor. Zell, yeah. you need a minute right now. Like you're, you're it, just, it was yeah. so encouraging. <laughs> although it was so encouraging though, because that fourth yeah. and fifth spot for the White Sox yeah. is so yeah. up for grabs. You got the whole Clevenger bullshit, but I think they're past that. But pitching wise, he's a fifth starter at best. That's his ceiling. So yeah, I thirty plus starts, one hundred and seventy innings, one hundred and eighty. I know he wants two hundred innings. I don't know if you're going to get that uh, this year, but I mean his his legs though. It looked like he put muscle on those legs, and you know he's talked about wanting to be more of a pitcher, not a thrower. He's not falling out of bed throwing hundred miles an hour anymore. Uh, it's more about the craft of pitching. He wants to go deeper in games. He knows if you're going to be a strikeout pitcher, you might not see you know, six, seven innings. So becoming more uh, of an artist, so to speak. uh, I I love it, man. If his knee's right. And if he truly is uh, healthy, hitting the ground running here, March 30th, that could be huge for the starting rotation. Like you saw it last year for the mid, like for halfway through, I think through like June, I want to say he was a Cy Young candidate numbers wise. (laughs) Like you could have made a case. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sub two ERA for a while. I think he had a great start against the Dodgers, if I recall, and it was around that time. And it was like a six good start in a row. It's like, 
it's just a matter of staying healthy. Yeah, he went on a run. He definitely, mm-hmm. I remember that. He went on a run, and that's kind of really what got my hopes up now. Where it, I'm it the same thing the year before, too, in the bullpen. You could tell when he hit the wall, and like the numbers, like all of a sudden, it, like it inflated, whether it be no. like fatigue or injury. And then all of a sudden, late in the year. Now, Nick, before we pick your brain here about what you think for the upcoming season, Aloy managed just struck out in the bottom of the eighth. Puerto Rico's up five to two. The loser of this game is out. Mm. For a Dominican Republic team that has nine potential all-stars in their starting lineup with three on the bench, to get bounced in the first round, yeah. I wouldn't be mad because Aloy gets to come home. But yeah, I'm right there with you. That is that's bad. That first game that did him in. Yep. Yeah. So although you pay you're better with this kind of stuff. So USA plays Colombia after this game. What is you USA just has to win or not lose by three or more runs, right? Basically. And then but if they lose seven to four, then they go to like a third tiebreaker that is I guess it's kind of ERA. Like they word it so weird, but I, I guess it's or it goes to earn runs. I just don't know. I don't realize what the tiebreaker is not just like run differential. You know, after after head to head, but yeah, as long as they win, which they should. Yep. Uh, but I mean, hey, it should be Mexico. But they didn't. But and if they don't lose by more than three, they're going to be in. The only bonus to USA losing would be well, two things: one, Tim Anderson, Graveman, and Lance Lynn get to come home, and two, I would hope that means Mark DeRosa just is never on TV again. <laughs> Dude, if that's uh, the case. What did I tell you before? Got a lot of started? dog in them. Yeah. What did I tell you guys last week's episode? Right before you, you guys his, uh, even started to play, never never liked Mark DeRosa. Like he was had he was pretty good on the Cubs, but ever since he became you know uh, an analyst on MLB Network and whatever he would do his like trade scenarios that he would come up his his <laughs> his, so bad, and, his his list? like logic for them just I, I've. I mean, obviously, the guy knows a hell of baseball than I'll ever dream of knowing, but right. not my cup. Yeah, of tea. Don't sell yourself short. Then. Yeah, <laughs> not my not. cup of tea. But again, I I said it in the episode right after he said it. He completely lost me after the whole hypocrisy thing, where when Tim Anderson did the bat flip, he went, "If my kid did that, he'd be in the car going home. It's a disgrace to baseball." But then all of a sudden, Team USA. I told Tim, "I need the bat flip. Give yeah. me the bat flip, dude." Yeah. I, I could see. And I know the United bullshit, States has a whole bunch of stars, stuff, no. and I get it. Like all these guys deserve to start, but to like, but just not play Kyle Schwarber that second game <sighs> after just being a guy who just hits home runs all the time. Like, come on, what are you doing, Mark? DeRose? I haven't seen the lineup for tonight, but I got to imagine Schwarber and Tim Anderson, and he's got he's got to have JT Ramuto behind the dish. Hold on, I'm gonna look at it. Anderson's the in the lineup, I believe, uh, in front of Will Smith, perhaps. Uh, oh, so they got Will Smith in over JT. Oh, that's a bold strategy. Uh, here you go, lineup for the deciding game. We got Mookie, Fishboy, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, Pete Alonso at DH, with Kyle Schwarber in left field. Ooh. Okay. Timmy Tim, TA is playing second. Will Smith is catching with Trey Turner at short. And Merrill Kelly is pitching. That's so annoying. The you team USA could have had the most amazing pitching staff the WBC's ever seen. And everyone was just like, nah. There there's Wait, a scenario. Second? Yeah, because yeah, they had yeah. Trey Turner at short. Yeah. Or in this tournament? Last I game. watched one last USA game. Yeah. Last USA game he did, and they talked about it a lot because the big thing that they kept saying was 
he didn't even grow up liking baseball. He just kind of played. So he never even played second in like a Sandlot game growing up. He's never played second before. And then after the game, TA is like, yeah, it was a little weird, but I got my legs as the game went on. I feel comfortable there. I'm an athlete, which he is. Yeah. Uh, There's a scenario where if the, so if the United States advances, they'd be the second team in their group. They would play Venezuela. The winner of that plays Cuba. So you can see some socks versus socks. Hmm. I got a question for you three. Since TA is athlete, he was a good basketball player in high school. Daniel Polka, McDonald's All-American. Who wins in a game of one-on-one? I'm going to go with TA. Did not expect that question. Did, did, that's, you could have gave me yeah. a thousand guesses on where you were going with that. In a game of horse, Daniel Polka. Yeah. Uh, one-on-one, probably Tim Anderson. I think that's a. I think that's Daniel the right Polka answer. The paint. I'm taking Daniel Polka. Polka's <laughs> hitting a couple bombs in spring training for the Red Sox. Yeah. Yeah, you get ball back, Mitch, because I can see maybe Polka gets the first bat bucket, and he just you know backs down Tim. Just bully ball frame. in the pole. Yeah. bully ball. He doesn't look like a basketball. That's an embraced like, debate. Maybe, maybe, maybe T isn't the easy answer here. I think it is. He was on a Kyrie <laughs> Irving in high school as McDonald's All American. Isaac T. You know he was putting the clamps on him in practice. T. It'd be like the Looney Tunes. <laughs> T. A. Would like run around him so fast. Daniel would trip over his own feet and fall. Daniel go boom. But <laughs> all right. So opening day is within reach. I think what 15, 14 days away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we've talked kind of bits and pieces up to this point on the show, but what? How? What? Where are you at, Nick, with this team? What? How are you feeling going into this year? Uh, the White Sox have the most talented team in the AL Central. They did yes. last year as well. And they, um, you know, they just got outplayed. They beat themselves. One of the worst defensive teams in all of baseball, obviously injuries and uh, also from a manager point of view. But uh, this year, they're going to be better prepared. Um, obviously, health is is the key factor, you know, Um do these players, you know, the okay, you got the bullpen material stuff, whatever the Guardians did, you know, uh, you know, comments towards the White Sox after they won the division. Mm-hmm. I, you know, you can, you know, I don't know how much you gauge on that. I've always thought of it like, does this team going to buy into what Pedro Grafol and the coaching staff are selling? Do they want to learn something new? You know, are they going to swallow their pride a little bit and say, yeah, last year was an absolute embarrassment? Uh, I, this guy has never managed before in, in all of baseball, but he's got a pretty impressive resume and other guys like uh, Salvi Perez that will advocate for this guy. You mm-hmm. know, I, I, I'm willing to give this guy a shot. It sure seems like they have. I think Grafol has brought along uh, a really nice coaching staff, you know, people that he is he's comfortable with that he trusts. Uh, I, you know, I already the things that, you know, Jose Castro is saying that he's going to implement Man, world of different from what we were hearing from Menachino that we're not hearing from him uh, last mm-hmm. season. So, look, I mean, these guys stay healthy. Um, 90 wins. Ooh, 90 like wins. It. And uh, they'll, they'll win the Central. Now, after that, I, right now I don't have a lot of confidence. No. Um, but, you know, win the Central. Make it exciting throughout the summer, which I think it can be. You know, I think you're going to see some. I think you're going to see some performances from Aloy Jimenez, from Mancada. I think Vaughn's going to have a good year. Um, you know, Ben Attendi. They're, they're going to be fun to watch. I really do. Uh, I really do believe that. Uh, and then again, pitching staff. Man, to see if Cease can follow up and uh, Giolito motivated and and Lynn and 
uh, an X factor in Kopech. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I've got high hopes for this team. Okay. And then another question that I got to ask, cause it's been a big topic of debate on this show and in white Sox Twitter and just fans in general, who's on your bench. I like Hanser Alberto right now. Um, the guy could play just about anywhere in the infield. He's got some pop with his bat. Um, mm-hmm. Now you're going to have sheets, you know, they, they, I think they, I think they, in terms of they, I mean, you know, front office, I think they love Gavin sheets. I like his lefty power bat. I don't like him in right field. I don't mind him at first base. Now the question then comes down to Hamilton. Um, I think Hamilton, in terms of culture and chemistry, which Grafol's trying to build, you got to have Hamilton. Look, look what happened in 2021. Uh, you're not going to get the pop with the bat, but with the new rules, and, and if they're going to be more aggressive on the base pass, you're going to want the, that guy late in the game. I think he can play defensive as a defensive replacement, but you know that means the legend, Lurie Garcia, is in the outside looking in and that's yep. not going to happen with the amount of money that he's <laughs> supposed to be making. So I've got, you know, a guy like Garcia sheets uh, and Alberto right now. Um, and Romy Gonzalez outside looking in. Yep. I think uh, I, like he has not hit Gonzalez should be on the outside. He hasn't hit anything this spring. He didn't hit anything the second half of last year. There's no reason for him. Like I understood the case for him as a utility guy. But he, at some point, you got to like perform. It's a performance based business, and he hasn't done that. Yeah. No. And if you look at his AAA numbers last year, too, they're bad. Like Elvis Andrews had a higher slash line in all three categories than uh, he did in AAA. He's just and not a good hitter at this point. For those that don't follow it as closely as we do, you probably hear a name like Hans or Alberto, and you're like, who? But he's a second baseman as a primary position, but. In spring training right now, he's nine for 19 with three doubles, a triple, and a home run, and he's only struck out once in 19 at-bats. He played some pretty big innings with the Dodgers last year. Like, they liked him a lot. Like, he yeah. would at least, like, once or twice a week. Yeah. I, then I'd go, to your, I'd go to his 2021, and where did he play? Kansas City Royals. Royals. Yep. And yep. Pedro Grafol knows him uh, very well. He the stuff that Pedro Grafol has said about Hanser Alberto is, is shocking. Like one of the greatest personalities in a clubhouse, you know, not not an ounce of selfishness on him. And again, this goes back to like Grafol's wish list, trying to put together a team that he's comfortable with. I'm sure he told somebody in the front office, "Go get this guy if you can." Uh, I saw him in Kansas City. I like what he can do. I think he's a value for this team. Yeah, and I'm looking. That is the 2019 stat. in 2019. So I remember because I remember that when the Cubs were transitioning to like, we need to get more high contact guys. He's an elite, like uh, getting the ball, the bat on the ball 2019 with the Orioles. I think he hit three Oh five. Yeah. So, like it's not just like he's having like two hot weeks in spring training. And I'm looking like, at a guy who's like done it at the big league level. And Mitch, you talk about a utility guy in 2019. He played second and third. He played most of the games at second, but he played 66 games at third and he played left field and right field. And he even pitched a damn game, but <laughs> I did say that. Yeah. I, I, mean, I, I remember pretty, the dog days, of the off season when they signed him. Yeah. He's pretty, I went full, full in depth on Hansa, but actually too, going back to the locker room point, one of the guys that Oscar Cola said that had been talking to him a lot in the locker room, he's been learning a lot from Andre Albert. So, I mean, would not be a bad guy by any means. 
to have on the bench just to have another veteran presence in there. He's been around the block. Yeah, I think you just talked me into Hanser Alberto, Sheets. <laughs> it's unfortunately Larry Garcia, but Mitch loves him. And then obviously you got to have Sebi, but Seb. That's really interesting, favorite. though. Mitch gets, I, yeah, Mitch gets all his guys. Well, I was going <laughs> to ask you guys. Let's say Larry Garcia make. I, I think because no matter what, you kind of stuck with him at least to start the season. But let's say you guys get to the middle of, I don't know, middle of May. You know, he's getting his you know couple starts a week playing the utility role, but he's still bad. Like at least offensively, does he get DFA'd? I think know, it's good by June one. I do. They, good, yeah, they've yeah. DFA'd guys they owed more money to. Oh, Ke- when was Keuchel DFA'd? Around that time, I think around of? like May, yeah, maybe yeah. around late, late, May. late spring. Um, you know, I mean, what is it, ten, eleven million dollars? I, I know for for Lurie, uh, that was maybe Keuchel. Is is Lurie? Lurie, Lurie stole eleven million. Yeah, eleven. There you go, eleven. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I mean. I, I, what I, what I would like is for somebody completely like, you know, a couple guys to leapfrog him in spring and just say like, we are so, uh, we are so much better than you right now in spring for at least there to be an argument, but nobody's really yeah. doing that right Ray now. Hasn't done Jack. No, Ray hasn't done Jack. Right. Mm-hmm. No, those guys are all starting down in Charlotte for sure. I think some of them are even just on non- yeah. You know, like those two guys, like Marisnik yeah, is going to get cut. Ray is going to get cut. There you go, fish boy. <laughs> nice little triple for Mike Trout. Um, yeah, you know, they're doing all that shit now. I got to say, USA's road grays almost look better than the whites. I still don't like the hats. The hats are, yeah. Mexico Do you like the? Uh, I mean, is, is this a logo on the side of the helmet? Is that coming to MLB? I, I, I have the same question, Nick. Because mm. I saw it the first game, you see the big T-Mobile the on the T-Mobile. side. Of, yeah, yeah. And it's well. I mean, you know, it's I mean yeah. Like, aren't some teams like they're having like the well, like the Padres have got the uh, Motorola patch. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't speak for many other teams, but I have a feeling. Yeah, the patch is coming to jerseys, a sponsor. But I, I didn't know about the helmet. I don't really the helmet. I'll get used yeah, that, to it. Yeah, like, that, too that was much. kind of shocking to see. Yeah. It looks like it looks like foreign baseball. It looks like a Mexican league or something. Or like the, yeah, they do that in Korea yeah. too. Yep. I mean, I, I just still... put T-Mobile down the side of the pants. You know, go all in. <laughs> I mean, Mitch, you you should love it, NASCAR guy. Love the <laughs> yeah, it. Just making human NASCARs. Because some sponsors don't look as good. Like Rick Stenhouse Jr. has always got the Kroger sponsors. Like his Sunny D car. Oh, of Sunny course. D, of course. Sunny D just, just came out with adult beverages. Did you what? see that? Sunny D just came out with adult they beverages. They some screwdrivers? Basically, yeah. it's Sunny D with booze in it. A sunny they're definitely, they're marketing to our generation. Right, yeah. <laughs> they got to bring back those terrible commercials. Well, Nick, thank you so much for your time tonight. We really, really appreciate it. Take a couple minutes now and tell people where they can find you and your work. Oh boy. Uh, so I got the weekly, uh, white Sox podcast. Good guys talk back, do that with my very good friend, Pat Hester, uh, find that everywhere. We usually do it uh, Sunday nights and, uh, we've been going live to our YouTube channel, uh, and then locked on white Sox, man, Monday through Friday, a uh, new episode every single morning, uh, drops, uh, subscribe to the YouTube page as well. You can watch that or just the audio absolutely everywhere. 
and I'm on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. So it's happening, guys. Uh, we are two weeks away. Yes, uh, this is uh, you can't stop what's coming, man. And I, 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 I'm feeling pretty good about our White Sox. Yes, sir. And uh, again, I really appreciate you. I can only imagine you do a daily show and then a guy like me reaches out like, hey, you want to come to another show tonight? But dude, I love this. I absolutely yeah. eat, drink, sleep White Sox. Last year, shows. last year took years off of my life uh, mm -hmm. last season. I mean, it you know, I was in a bad place, I think, by September. Um, it was very therapeutic, though, because you like, wake <laughs> up and be like, yes, he's saying exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure. My, You know, I wear my emotions on my sleeve. And I'm and I'm a fan that lives by every single pitch, man. And that's just how I am. And I tell people, like, from the get-go, hey, you got a fan how you got a fan. If you're going to take it easy, man, and, you know, it's a marathon of a season, I totally respect that. But also respect the people that are living pitch by pitch, yes. like I am, opening day. You got to do you. and. So I hopefully that comes across in the podcast of me literally, you know, pitch by pitch when they lost against the Tigers on opening day, I was a wreck. Uh, I was an absolute wreck. So that's me. I, I can't be any other person. So there you go. Well, you're preaching to the choir, man. I've said <laughs> fan how you want to fan about yeah. 10 million times on yep. this show. And I will yep. add, I do say this with 100% confidence. You have the best podcast voice in White Sox Twitter. Man, I, I, I appreciate that. I, I, I really that's do. That's pro-level shit right there, Nick. It I really absolutely. Is. You got the mustache for television. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, now it's like when you do a podcast, you're really doing a TV show because you, really you also have to have your YouTube channel. So you guys, yeah. man, thank you so much. Uh, this was an absolute treat, man. Uh, we could probably do this for hours and hours. We have, and trust me. <laughs> but uh, no, Nick, we'll definitely have you on again during the season, and uh, hopefully, I can run into you at the park. We'll have a couple you know of ones together, bud. You know it. I'll be but there. I, thank you, Nick. We really appreciate it. All right, thank you guys so much. All right. All right. You cut him off, though. What is your problem? Cut him off. Hold on. Nick's back. Nick, yeah. go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. <laughs> no, I, I I had a whole – I had another 15 minutes. No, uh, no, I'll, I'll definitely – no, I'm a season ticket holder. I will see you guys uh, at the park for sure. Absolute pleasure, man. All right. Thanks a lot, Nick. Thanks, Nick. You got a tisk, 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 I didn't mean I didn't mean to cut him off. Nice. I just I'm, we don't have guests down here a lot. I was quick to the trigger. The guy's got it. <laughs> he's got an under one year old. I didn't want to keep him here all night. I definitely wasn't <laughs> going to keep him here through NASCAR minute because I feel like he'd be like, what the <laughs> fuck? We don't want to weird him out too much. Yeah. yeah. But uh, with all that being said. Hold on. Where's, damn it. Where's the video? It is time. For the right. reason why you all watch the show. Huh? It is time for NASCAR minute. All right, this week's race was at Phoenix, which is a big race because there's two races at Phoenix. The other race is the championship race at the end of the season. So it's a good barometer to see where your car is at, kind of. So last year's championship winner was Joey Logano. He dominated at Phoenix. Clearly, he did not do any homework during the offseason, much like the White Sox. They didn't do anything. They just sat by, didn't do shit. Uh, his car stunk, which was surprising. He was getting lapped in stage one. Cars that didn't stink were Team Hendricks' cars. If you remember from last week, which you probably didn't, uh, the uh, winner, William Byron, of last week's race, he's a Hendrick driver. He was fast, along with Kyle Larson, who should have won that race if it wasn't for late caution. Both of them were quick. So opening stage, 
Byron got the better jump. Larson won the pull, but uh, they got a better, he got a better jump. And Phoenix is cool because like the restarts, they're going like five, six cars wide. And then they kind of just go single file and it's hard to pass. So if you have the better jump, you're going to win the race. So William Byron wins stage, uh, stage one. Stage two, they all go into pit. Kyle Larson's team has a faster pit stop. He wins stage two. So it's clear that it's going to be a Hendrick type day. Stage three now. It's all going to come down to the first restart. Kyle Larson gets the better jump, so he's ahead. Now, he has a good short run car, which means it fires off. He's quick, like right off the get-go. But as the race goes along, it gets slower. In the back of the pack is Kevin Harvick. Kevin Harvick had a really good long wedge car. So he's slowly picking off guys working his way up the field. If you remember, though, Kevin Harvick, he's the Bush Light guy. So he's slowly moving his way up. He's on his retirement tour. He's really good in Phoenix. And all of a sudden, he's creeping ahead. He's going from like 10th, and the next stage you see him in 7th. Then all of a sudden, he gets to 2nd. But he's a well behind Kyle Larson, because Kyle Larson had the fastest car. So Harvick's slowly running him down, running him down. He's getting bigger and bigger in his mirror. Then Larson's all of a sudden deciding like, oh crap, like Harvick's right behind me. I gotta start trying like different lines on the racetrack. So he did it way too late. So he tries the high line, and Kevin Harvick's like, thank you very much. I'm just going to take the low line here. We'll pass you. And then the Larson's crew chief is on the radio like, dude, why the hell did you take the high line, you dumbass? So Harvick, because he has a long run car, he's running away with it. He's going to win the race in his final season. Everyone's happy. You see his wife on the pit box. She's, like, cheering him on. And then with 11 laps to go, some scrub in the back of the field named uh, Burton, just spins like randomly. I don't think anyone even touched him, but he just like wrecks. Caution comes out, and now Lars or Harvick knows he's screwed. Like you could see his wife crying, and he's on the radio like, "God damn it!" Because, like I said, he has a good long run car. But with 11 laps to go, when you clean off the track, green flag comes back out. There's not many laps remaining, so he knows he's kind of screwed here. Larson, on the other hand, is like, "Oh, well, this is good. I have a good short run car." So they all go into pit during the caution. He takes two tires. Harvick's team decides, hey, you know what? Because to compensate for the bad short run car, we're going to take four tires, which was a huge mistake. He gets shuffled back in the field. So it's Larson and Byron up front once again, duking it out. Larson gets the better jump off the go. So he looks like he's going to run away with this thing. But then what do we know? There's another caution that comes out because another jackass hits the fence. So they got to stack them up again. So Larson's like, God damn, this is the second week in a row. I'm about to win. The caution came out. They have to stack them back up again. This time, William Byron's like, I'm not ruining my chance. He gets the jump. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, Ryan Blaney comes flying in 5-Y. He gets a good push coming from the back, and everyone's like, oh, can Penske make a run for it? Can Blaney pull off his first win in over two years? Byron holds him off. He gets the win, second week in a row. But the drama doesn't stop there because after the race, they found out NASCAR, had Team Hendrick had some parts they didn't like. They were like, hmm, we're going to inspect these. They deemed him to be illegal. So they docked over 100 points from all four Hendrick drivers. So William Byron, who won two races in a row, was in first in the standings, dropped all the way out of playoff positioning. It affected everyone on the team except uh, Chase Elliott, who was hurt with a broken leg. Somehow the nine team moved up in the standings based off everyone getting penalized, which is bullshit, like conspiracy theory. The other big drama on the race was Denny Hamlin and Ross Chastain, two names you've heard of a bunch. They have a rivalry. That last caution, Denny Hamlin's like, well, I'm not going to win. He saw Ross Chastain in front of him and just turned right and hooked him into the fence. It was like blatantly obvious. And then he goes on his podcast and then he was like talking about it. He's like, yeah, you know, I saw him there. So I just decided I wanted to wreck him because, you know, he had it coming to him. And then NASCAR was like, oh, you admitted to wrecking him. Hmm? So then he got suspended and hit with the fine. So there you go. Well, he didn't get suspended, but he got hit with a big fine. And his crew chief, uh, I think, had to pay some fines too. But yeah, there you go. That's your NASCAR myth.
Wait a minute. Did someone delete my Danny fucking burgers clip? No. Oh, that's bullshit. I think it was... This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking burgers is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. This... Never not be funny to me. Never fails. Never not be funny to me. But... Um, do you guys got anything else? Vote for Mitch. In the oh, one. yeah, yeah. So I got smoked in the first round. All the bogus matchup. Address the haters. Yeah, I got, um, I got, I drew dead. I got set up to fail right out of the gate. Had some, uh, had to go into all my, my bags of tricks, get all my big endorsements. Thank you to Obvious Shirts, Jay Zawoski. Um, Herb, uh, I'm trying to think of other big accounts that endorsed me, but there's a lot of people that showed a lot of love, felt the love, appreciate the love, but apparently beef has just an army of minions out there. I mean, I, they put the poll up at like 8am. I checked it at 802. I was already down 20. I was like, <laughs> how, how, what, how do I come back from this? It's uphill all day, but it is what it is, you know, but now I can put all my effort into the Mitch train. We gotta get Mitch out to win that that low bracket. I don't even know the guy that you're up against, but apparently he is well liked by. Uh, He's really well liked. I, I'm probably gonna get my ass kicked. That's why I'm trying yeah. to throw out all this content. It's not yeah. good content, but you know, check it out. Maybe, maybe you want to. I'm. Uh, I mean, Mitch, advice. I think you're gonna have to do like a live hit from a farm. Get interview some cows. Like, live, live farm report. You know what? <laughs> And then you'll hear like, guy, what the hell are you doing? Get off my property. There's gunshots. I'm like running to the car. Yep. <laughs> Little shotgun. The power uh, of editing, uh, Mitch. You, you never know. You're actually pretty good at editing. Yeah. That was well, good like stuff. It. I don't even know the guy's name, Jack. I don't know. I'm not Larry is his name. Yeah, it's it's all what? the people from uh, Ass and uh, the, the Penguin channel. They all are big fans of him. Yeah, it's bogus. I posted a video and I had all these people like, fuck this guy. Vote for Larry. <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, which is like, right. I'm trying to have fun, yeah, and I'm just getting shit on. Well, the good thing, Mitch, is we got some heavy follow count, uh, Twitter accounts as allies that we'll put out the word for you. Yeah. We're gonna try, we're gonna try to get this done. And worst case, the worst of the day, if we're like halfway through the day and you're getting smoked. we'll throw 50 bucks towards White Sox Dave and get the Barstool endorsement. <laughs> So I just want to win one round here. We got to pull off. Yeah, we just we, we, we need one. Yeah, we need, actually, Mitch, Mitch, you know what you could do? If if you see your, if you see that you're losing down, like there's just no way, just deactivate. <laughs> there's no shame. There's no shame in just completely just losing. Just throw, Damn. Just Puerto deactivate. Rico be like, yeah, here. like I like, yeah, I wasn't even on Twitter. What are you guys talking about? Puerto Rico won. Wow, Dominican is Dominican Republic the uh, Syracuse oh. basketball of the World Baseball Classic. Wait, who was the one seed that lost to the 16 seed for the first time ever? It was like oh, that Virginia, was Virginia. Right? Yeah, they're Virginia because that team was supposed to win it all. Uh, they're Virginia. They're Kyle Bush in last year's playoffs. But like, who? Yeah, but like, who's consistent? Because like, the Dominican Republic consistently has great players. I don't think they've ever won this fucking tournament. Or Wait have a minute. We have a. It's not Eloy, thank God. An injury. Very expensive closer, Edwin Diaz. <gasps> 
apparently went down during the celebration. He's grabbing at his right knee and receiving medical attention. Oh my god, for Puerto Rico. Oh no. This is the Mets. It's the Mets, dude. Oh no. Wow, he pulled an Eloy. No. Wow. I mean, this is the Mets. It's the it's the Mets. The Mets are messing already in the World Baseball Classic. Wow. They already have Jose Quintana, who's like probably not gonna pitch for them this year. No. Oh wow. my God. Oh, uh, TA's up. So we're gonna stay on here through this TA at bat. And then we'll, we'll, what's the we'll score? What's the up. score in the USA Colombia? Uh zero zero, top of the second with two outs. Uh oh fuck. Columbia. Well, let me let me tell you guys, other shit talking for the Dominican Republic. If the United States doesn't win, <laughs> oh I know. They well, are the bigger bears. Colombia saw TA at the plate and got real scared, so they're changing pitchers. Ooh. So wait, does Colombia need to win this game? Yes. Yeah, if Colombia wins it, then so it's kind be... of the winner advances here. Then oh my god, dude, Edwin Diaz. I think was, they have to win Edwin Diaz was placed in a wheelchair. No, and, and rolled down the tunnel as he left. He raised oh his arm to acknowledge god. the crowd. He's being helped off the field. He refuses to put any weight on his right leg. Wow. See, it's, this is why I'm this... your play. I'm all for it as long as my players are going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I mean, the White Sox and the Mets, you guys are just like like the mirrors to each other. Wow. Well, one team spends in the offseason. Well, the oh, that's... But in, ter- in terms of like on the field, all right, this is injury funny. stuff. <laughs> this is funny. Andy said, did they play the trumpet song while they were wheeling them away? That all right. That may I usually don't make fun of injuries, but that uh... one's funny. But that is wild, dude. But how great was Nick? I told Nick, I just messaged him on the side. I was like, hey man, I really appreciate it. That was a great show. He said nothing but good things. And I said, you know what? You have an open invite. You just let me know when you want to come back on because that guy knows his baseball. And he is a he is a White Sox fan fan. I mean, we're not surprised though. No, not at all. I mean, come on, you know when you do a daily podcast, that's insane to me. That is insane to me. But come on, let's get this going here, guys. I want to talk about this Eloy at bat. Tim Anderson. Tim Anderson at bat. I'm sorry, I'm reading all this shit about Eloy. (laughs) Oh man, this is a so this is a, a Mets. Uh, fan I follow on Twitter. This is literally a fucking nightmare. No way Edwin Diaz just blew out his knee celebrating a big win in the fucking WBC. <laughs> it's the celebration thing that makes it yeah. much worse, too. It'd be one thing like a fluke injury when you're playing, but it's a celebration. It's like, oh, I mean, guys, it, he's a New York Met. This was, I'm surprised. I'm surprised the Mets let him go. Wait, here's the video. Here he is. Wait, up. Flores is on the mound. I'll do a little play-by-play. I got it. Yeah, there we go. Audience. A little Jay. practice for playback. The chase is a uh, looping curveball outside the zone. 0-1 count. 82 miles an hour. He tried to fucking send that ball to the moon. By the way, hand up. I didn't realize that Venezuela's team was as good as it is. Takes another breaking ball in for a strike. Quickly down 0-2. I think TA, TA, I think TA made a big play in the field. Because people are like, I need a video of that TA play. Mm. Flores settles in. Still looking. At hands at the belt. TA doesn't like it. He calls time. <laughs> um, so I, I'm watching. I have the, the video this right now. This would never happen in uh, MLB. So basically, Edwin Diaz got the save. They all bum rushed him on the mound. They all like huddled up and they're doing this like weird jumping celebration right in DR's face. I'm trying to see where he gets hurt, though. TA takes a 
fall in the dirt. That was about an eight. They don't. Action. They don't show where he gets hurt in this video. The next video just shows everyone crowded around him. Ooh, Ooh that's tough. Poor, poor Vlad, poor Vladdy. He didn't get to come back after death. He was there today. They showed him he was there today, but he didn't get to play. Anderson back in the box after adjusting his T-Mobile helmet. <laughs> the pitch, swing and a miss. Strike. Yeah, yikes, poor, guys, poor it's curveball. over. The, the United States is going to lose. This is the pinwheels and Ivy purse. It's over. The United States is going to lose. Not one of those pitches was more than 83 miles an hour, and they that wasn't that good of a curveball. No, that, that was not that good of a curveball. If some, if he keeps throwing those to everyone in this lineup, he's giving up at least four nukes. Is the pinwheels the pinwheels? Well, like the slower pitching thing is kind of a thing, though. Like it does take a while to adjust to I'm a guy. I'm telling else. you, man. I'm telling you. Oh, I know it for sure. I, I, I've been joking about it for years. I mean, Cubs fans are joking about it for years. Any soft tossing lefty that would, that faces the Cubs, like ever since I become a fan, just shuts them down. Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. Well, thank you again to Nick. Make sure you guys go and check out his shows, uh, Locked on Socks and Good Guys Talk Back. They're, they're great shows. I was lucky enough to be on the Good Guys Talk Back show, I think, at two years ago. Um, the good guys, they know their shit. How come they didn't invite you back? They Isn't are bad? Probably. They are the definition. Well, those are bad guys, not a good guy. Of, that's true. They, those guys are fans. Like when people are like, you're not a real fan, that's kind of what they mean. Because those guys are fucking nuts, but I love it. <laughs> uh, so for NASCAR Mitch, vote Mitch. Vote Mitch. Why don't we turn for Aldo? I'm Zo. We'll see you guys next week. This Padres bitch is shitting bricks right now. Why? Because Danny fucking Burgess is up and back. Guy just started Shake Shack straight to the dugout. Rebuild of the favorites. We here for the latest. Yeah. South side or the north side. Not tuned to the greatest. Home team for the home teams. Both sides got our own rings. On the mound or the long ball. But we don't put the wrong strings. Yeah. <laughs> it's that time of the year now. Wrigley or Gantees or the whole league that we here now. New show with a new mood. Discussions and interviews. Trade rumors that might be. This is Pinwheels and Knife. Yeah. This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the boy, yeah Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the boy, yeah Every season they get all changed Take me out to the bar game This is what you waiting for, yeah You can put it on the boy Season, make it all change. Season, make it all change. Take me out to the ball game.